0: All right, folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, NBA Blackburn Entrepreneur. We are here on Sunday nights. Uh, it is eleven o'clock or just after. Sorry, guys. I uh, I do try to get here and, and try to get on time, but like it, it's it's hard after the arena sometimes, but. Uh, just because I, I have to drive home and then finish up the article and then have to make sure everything was all, all good and helpful. But got some great help from my, uh, my producer, Michael Ferraro here. He's in the background uh, helping me out again on this one. And we're going to talk about this game. We're going to talk about everything that went wrong for Denver in this one. And and it's too bad that things had to happen, happen this way. Hey, like that's just sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. And like I said, I don't remember if it was on Twitter or on the podcast or whatever. But I wanted to make this clear after game one that the finals are weird. The finals are different. It's a different experience than what you're expecting. You never know what's actually going to happen. And sometimes weird stuff occurs. And tonight, a weird thing occurred. Denver was not ready. They should have been ready. They were not fully engaged and mentally prepared, I think, for this game. I thought that Michael Porter Jr. was bad. I thought that KCP had some horrible moments. And I, I just thought that Denver as a team was not prepared to face the punch that Miami threw at them tonight. And they had done that well over the course of the playoffs. They they had usually taken those punches pretty well and come up with a whole bunch of responses. And even still tonight, they came up with a response. It, it wasn't like they were horrible throughout this entire game. They only lost by three points. And during the middle of this game, where like I'd say second quarter, third quarter, most of it, like I thought that Denver played reasonably well. Uh, Denver won the third quarter by nine. They won the third they won the second quarter by nine. They won the third quarter by two and they lost the fourth quarter by 11 that's where this game was lost of course and i i know that nuggets fans are going to be mad at various folks i know that they we'll, we'll talk about the last shot as well but most important thing to note here is that denver had a chance to win this one despite the fact that they did not play well and they gave it up and that's too bad that's it's just too bad they had an opportunity that they did not convert on and now they have to make it up on the road let's talk about things let's go through the players First, we have to talk about Nikola Jokic. Once again, he was brilliant at 41 points, 11 rebounds, only four assists, though, compared to five turnovers. And of course, that's a story. Of course it is. Like, how could it not be? 41 points for Jokic. And I have a feeling that a lot of that was kind of borne out by the actual like flow of the game and what the team needed at the at that time, as opposed to him making a concerted effort to just assert himself as a scorer early. Like, that's not what I think happened. I think that Denver was out of rhythm offensively for a while. I thought that Miami's early pressure was really, really good. And that caused Denver, including Jokic, I think, to be a little bit bothered at the beginning. And they decided to pivot. And then in that third quarter, especially, Jokic just took over. He was brilliant in that third quarter. I think he had... 18 points of Denver's 26 and put the team on his back in a big, big way. I think he had a three, hit some post moves, drove the length of the floor a couple times and then had some some crazy shots and deserves a lot of credit for keeping Denver in this one when they clearly did not play that well. Unfortunately, you're, you're only one guy. You needed other people to step up. I thought that Murray stepped up late, but not well enough. And had, had some bad moments throughout this game Murray did. So uh look, there are other guys that we're, we're gonna focus in on, and, and I thought that Jokic's defense probably wasn't good enough for Denver to win either, but I, it's hard hard for me to blame him too much. He had 41 points and kept Denver in it. Uh, but he was a minus eleven in this one, and that to me matters. Like the the process that Denver went about while Jokic was on the floor wasn't very good. A lot of it was Hey, Jokic, please bail us out on the offensive end. And that's a, that's a, a really tough place to be. Uh, Jake, I want to uh, put this comment on the screen. Jokic should have started that fourth quarter. Malone's gone back and forth on it. And I don't really blame Malone for not playing Jokic at the beginning of the fourth because here's what they did. First of all, Jokic played all 12 minutes of the third. So naturally, you're going to want to get him a rest at some point in the fourth quarter. It could have been at the beginning. It could have been a little bit after that. But the last time Denver tried that, uh, it went horribly wrong. And this time, in, in the in the second quarter, when Denver went through the exact same rotation, uh, Jokic actually had like he had that rest at the beginning of the second quarter, and the Nuggets rattled up a major uh, a major run to get them back into it and ultimately take the lead. So it's hard for me to put this on Malone and say, oh yeah, Jokic should have definitely started the fourth quarter. Maybe we could say that in retrospect, but honestly, I, I, do not, I don't agree with the fact that Jokic should have started the fourth quarter. Denver should have played better in the fourth quarter. Murray's defense in that fourth, especially the early fourth, was horrible. And Denver's offense just, just couldn't really get anything to go. So it's, uh, it's a tough place to be, but hard to blame Jokic too terribly much. Had 41 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, but I do think that those that that assist discrepancy was a product of Denver's offensive health as opposed to anything that Miami did specifically. I just think that Denver missed some shots and Jokic. Uh, there are a couple of reads that I think he messed up, but not, not necessarily anything perfectly. But uh, overall, he was great. Like, it's hard to hard to complain. Jamal Murray uh, missed the final shot of the game, had an opportunity to tie it with 11 seconds to go. We asked Michael Malone what the thought process was about whether to call a timeout or not uh, in that in that situation because Denver does get a stop with about eleven seconds to go. Bruce Brown gets a rebound, and rather than call timeout immediately, Michael Malone decided to let it go. Denver had been having more success in transition than they had going up against Miami's half court defense, and not to mention uh, Miami had a foul to give, so you want to go pretty quickly and and try to go get up the floor. And and try to get up a three. like Because you're in that situation, you're trying to get up a three. I don't blame Denver for just letting it ride at that point. Because one, they got up a good shot. And and Murray, despite the fact that it was kind of leaning, it was going to his left, made that shot plenty of times. I thought it was going to go in when he put it up. It goes off the front of the rim and out. But it was perfectly on line. And, and Murray also said it was a good shot. It was a, a good quality shot that they got. It just did not go in. They liked the shot that they got. And to, to be honest, I agree. Like, I I will cape for Murray at a lot of different reasons, but honestly, I, I don't have a problem with Malone not calling a timeout there because even though the result did not uh, occur, I thought that it was a thought it was a pretty good look for Jamal. Um, and besides, Jamal had just made a couple threes like leading up to that, and okay. Uh, Jamal just made a couple threes leading up to that and had made some important, important shots. Um, And so I'm I'm not offended by the fact that they decided to just let it ride there. This isn't the Joe Missoula thing where Boston at that point had no idea what they were trying to get to. The Nuggets knew exactly what they were trying to get to, and they got a good shot. Like They got a good shot for their second-best player who... Uh, has been really good at from the three-point line, especially in those situations in these playoffs. So I'm not, like, I'm not, that was not where the game was lost. Let's be clear about that. This game was lost because there were a lot of other guys that did not show up. Uh, but Murray specifically, 18 points, 10 rebound or 10 assists, one turnover, 7 of 15 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3. It wasn't a bad game. He was only a minus 2 in this game compared to, Porter's minus 15, Jokic minus 11, KCP minus 14. But that was more of a product of the rotation. Uh, I thought that Murray was, by the end of the game, I thought he was like a C-plus in terms of what he actually provided. He was fine. He wasn't the reason why they lost, but he wasn't the reason why they won. And that's uh, just how the cookie crumbles, I guess. Aaron Gordon, uh, pretty steady on offense. He did miss a couple fourth-quarter free throws, which, hey, you you don't have to go for the three in that case if he does make those fourth quarter free throws. That's a that's a big deal for sure. Uh, but I thought that his work on Jimmy Butler in this game was really good. You look at the plus minuses for Miami. Gabe Vincent was a plus 22. Bam was plus 17. K-Love was plus 18. That was a big adjustment for them. And Max Struess was plus 14. Jimmy Butler was a plus three in his 40 minutes. And the Nuggets were... Fine in some of the other minutes that he didn't play and they were bad in some of the other minutes that he did but I thought that Gordon specifically did a pretty good job on him there were a couple of possessions that Jimmy shot over aG and, and made a couple but honestly I thought that what he did was pretty helpful and pretty good and uh he probably needs to force more t- more turnovers if I'm being honest but because the nine assist to one turnover is a pretty big discrepancy there and something that Denver's got to clean up but AG was fine on that end, and he hit a clutch three in, in the fourth quarter. That, that actually gave Denver an opportunity to come back in this one. Uh 38 minutes, minus seven, seven rebounds, had a block. Uh it wasn't AG's best game by any stretch, but it certainly wasn't his worst. I don't think worst. I don't think it was like him that that lost this game here. Michael Porter. Um I talked up Michael Porter a ton. I talked up Michael Porter a lot and um, Michael, can you block Tom Pratt? Uh, I I was pretty disappointed with the way that Michael Porter played. I'm not going to lie. I thought that he did not approach this game in the right way. I thought that He was very frustrating uh, with some of the shot selection that he did have. He was hunting for his own shot, and there were plenty of times in that game, and especially in that first half, where he was looking very strongly for his own looks and did not find the open plays underneath. Um, I think he made pretty much every wrong decision that he could on the offensive end and then didn't make a lot of great decisions on on the defensive end. Uh, It wasn't great. and saved by the fact that he had 6 rebounds in 26 minutes. I thought he did a good job on the glass. Though there were a couple times where he was just staring at the ball while while it was being rebounded offensively by Miami and there's just such weird plays going on and I thought that Porter was completely taken out of his stuff uh by Kevin Love of all people. Like uh, Kevin Love wasn't the guy that guarded Porter, but that change I think really affected the geometry of the floor for Miami especially in that first half and Porter was just not ready for it at all and then was not ready on the offensive end when the shots came to him it's too bad that like it's it's just it's very too bad like very much gosh sorry I'm tired guys Um, he had played so well in game one despite the fact that um, despite the fact that the shots weren't following. Um, okay. He played so well. And I wrote about it. I credited him with one of his best defensive games for sure. And it's really frustrating to see him waver like this and to see the team waver like this. And so I think that his energy and his play really affected the rest of the team, if I'm being honest. like He's one of the guys that the team is now going to is now absolutely going to be relying on as a, a max contract guy and somebody that you're really believing in. But he's three of three of seventeen in the from three in the finals now, and he's going to have to have a good shooting game. Like his his overall value to the team, it wasn't just it wasn't just about the shooting in in game one. Like he was able to provide other value, but when that stuff normalizes in the next game and he doesn't provide defensive value, then the offense, it becomes that much more important for him to do something. And he had five points on eight shots and zero assists and one turnover and one offensive rebound. It's just not good enough. And if Denver is like, if Miami is going to play the defense that they're playing, where they're overloading on Murray, on Jokic, trying to get get the ball out of their hands and force other guys to make decisions a lot of the time, then they are going to need Michael Porter to step up as a third, pl- as a third player. And he just did not. So look, I, I'm going to be hard on him because this is an opportunity for him to be better and for him to learn from this and for him to step up and be the kind of player that the Nuggets need him to be. But if he doesn't step up in this moment, then the Nuggets are going to lose. That's just what's going to happen. So I, I'm, I'm pretty frustrated. I'm I'm pretty frustrated for sure and I think Nuggets fans should be too. Uh the defense regressed in a major major way and it can't waver like that because Miami's didn't. Like Miami was fighting tooth and nail in order to get this game and, and MPJ in particular just did not stay mentally attached to this game when his shot was not going down and that is a frustrating thing. Finally, KCP. Um also, like, really bad, like, frankly, two three-point shooting fouls, a couple of horrible decisions on the offensive end, uh, a couple of really bad other shooting fouls, and just not enough of a, of impact. Like, there are a couple of plays that he had in transition, defensive transition, where he stripped Jimmy Butler on one play, forced a stop. Uh, he had a couple of different plays here or there, but, like, KCP, one of three from three, did hit three free throws on a on a three point shooting foul and then like look he can do these things like there's no doubt in my mind that he can be better uh but like porter uh, those guys if they if they combine for 11 points on 3 of 12 and 2 of 9 from 3 it's going to be really hard to to keep up with Miami when they shot as well as they did Miami had a great offensive rating tonight don't let the 111 fool you uh they shot 48% from the field 48% from 3 and 90% from the line only turned the ball over eleven times. Like it wasn't like this crazy number. So they did what they needed to do offensively in a very slow-paced game, and Denver's got to be able to match it. KCP's not going to hit shots or he's not going to get stops, then that's going to be a big problem for Denver. They just they just don't have enough guys. Like I thought that there was a very justifiable reason to close with Bruce Brown over KCP, and it just didn't end up happening. So Look, Denver's got to figure it out. they got to be better, and I think they will be, but the starting lineup in particular was really, really bad in this game, and the Nuggets, uh, they have to really be better. So, folks, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bench, which I thought was a major positive in this one and deserves the credit uh, that it is going to get. Um, But first, everybody in this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Make sure to bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Uh, Superbook is the most trusted name in sports betting right now. And right now you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Remember, I said uh, Miami would cover. I said that they would. this this would be a close game and that Jokic was going to have some major points. I talked about that on uh, the, the final word with Joe Rico and Alex Ramirez on, on today's pot, or today's radio spot that I did. And uh, if you were listening on that and then cashed in on Superbook, then you would have made some money today. So uh, make sure to visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or down the Superbook Colorado app right now in App Stores. Enter the promo code High and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We will be right back on Big Axe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Make sure to hit the like on this podcast if you're listening in. I am sorry that we came at a loss. I'm sorry that we weren't able to enjoy this. But Nuggets fans, I know that you've got you've to vent a little bit, and I understand that completely. So let's uh, let's vent. Uh, the, the starting lineup deserves your ire. But one lineup that doesn't really deserve it is the bench. Uh, Bruce Brown was great tonight. Jeff Green was I thought mostly good and Chris Christian Brown was mostly good too. I actually did I say Bruce Brown was great. That's actually not that's actually not true. Let me let me back up on that. Uh Bruce Brown was a team high plus 14 and deserves a lot of credit there. He he definitely definitely did a lot of things that the Nuggets needed from him. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, but he did have three turnovers. He did have a couple misses from 3 that were very important and Uh, There were some defensive plays, that some defensive communication things that I didn't notice him being the major issue there, but he's a part of the defense and was on there for a lot of this time. Now, I do think that plus 14, though, it does say a lot that he was on the floor for the best moments. He was on the floor for when Denver was kind of taken over there, and he made some good plays. It wasn't necessarily his individual plays that really sparked that run in this in the early second quarter but again he was on the floor made some important shots and that's a that's what you need in a playoff game like this denver got what they needed from their bench and they got what they needed from bruce brown do i think that he could have been better absolutely do i think the nuggets needed him to be better no they needed the starters to be better that's that's going to be what i continue to preach for sure jeff green I thought he played pretty well. If I'm being honest, I thought he played pretty well. And it is too bad that I think what people are going to remember most from this Jeff Green experience was that Kyle Lowry uh, foul that he had on that free throw, which then turned into a Duncan Robinson three-pointer in his grill. And that's too bad. That is definitely an unfortunate uh, occurrence for sure if you're Jeff. But look, I thought he played great. And he made all the shots that the Nuggets – like, he made every shot that he took. Nine points, one of one from three. Uh, didn't take a two, and made all six of his free throws. Uh, thought he defended reasonably well, uh, other than the, the Duncan Robinson play. Um, and he was a plus 12. Like, he just did a lot of the little stuff that I think is really important for Denver in order to make that bench unit pretty good. And there was a point where Jeff Green was a plus 22 In this game, that got knocked down to a plus 12 uh, by the fourth quarter. But I kind of stress this, like it was a plus 22. Jeff Green was on the floor for a lot of great minutes and he wasn't the catalyst for all of it, but he was a part of it in different ways. And I'm pretty hard on Jeff. Like, I, I don't think that he's fantastic or anything, but I do think that he's the guy who doesn't really deserve the ire from fans. And he was pretty, he was pretty verbal. Uh, in in the post game today, uh, he was he was very unhappy with the way that things had gone, and I'm not really surprised by it because we've heard from uh, people like Jokic, like Blacko, that uh, Jeff is one of the most competitive people on the team. Like he wants this championship really badly. I think in the ways that fans see it, it's probably not as visible because he, he's he's very mellow on the court. Kind of has a, a very like. Neutral face and neutral expressions and doesn't necessarily go off or, or, or say a lot. Uh, but he clearly wants it. And, and I think that that came through when he said that it's, uh, it's the fucking NBA finals. Like that's, that's just what he said. And look at stuff. It is a, it is a tough place to be, uh, to finally play pretty well. Like, cause Jeff hadn't had a lot of great games in these playoffs, but, he played pretty well tonight, and it came in a loss. And, and But the reason why it was close in general is because of that bench. Uh, so doesn't deserve all the hate that I'm sure he's going to get, but he played pretty well. Christian Brown. Uh, I think it's fair to say that this was the best postseason game of his career. Had a couple moments in previous series. Had a couple moments against... Uh, like like Phoenix in that game too, I believe, uh, where, where he's on the floor and they're defending really hard and they only allow 87 points to the Suns and then had a couple of moments against the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. But uh, this was the game where – this was probably the first game where since the Western Conference Finals began that Christian Brown didn't look like he was afraid. Like He was uh, very ready for the moment. He was making plays. He was jumping passing lanes. He was making shots. Uh it was a little bit of found money, I'm not gonna lie, but still made the shots and then had a couple where like he just picked the ball up in the middle of the floor and and, and shot a 10 footer that went in, which is not something that usually happens. Uh he had a running kind of flailing hook shot from uh from a transition area and made that shot too. And that was a that was a really good play and, and deserves a lot of credit for that. Do I think that it was a little bit lucky? Sure. Do I think that luck kind of happens to people that work hard and, and, and Christian definitely has worked hard and enjoyed this moment? Absolutely. Uh, but Christian wasn't the problem. He was plus 8. Bruce Brown was plus 14. Jeff Green was plus 12. <laughs> like It's hard for me to criticize the bench at this one. That's usually where you would go. Uh, Murray, I thought, set the table for those guys pretty well in that moment. I thought that AG had a couple of nice moments, too. The the other three that he hit, not the fourth quarter three, but uh, the other three was, I believe, in the second quarter where Denver went on a big run. I think Jeff Green uh, hit a three of that stretch. Bruce Brown hit a three. Um, Jamal Murray hit a transition look. And Aaron Gordon hit a three of that stretch, too. So the bench deserves a lot of credit. And I know that they they kind of uh, had a poor run at the in the fourth quarter, and that was a definite issue. Uh, but i I'd be frustrated. I'd be frustrated if I were those guys that hey, you finally, you finally get up a, a really strong performance that you just needed a normal performance from the starters in order to be able to do that, and you just just didn't really get it. So it's too bad. It is a uh, it is a very unfortunate thing. All right, let's uh, let's move on here. The heat, the adjustments that they that they made in this one were important. I think that, and we'll we'll do this before we hit another break here. The Kevin Love starting adjustment was a big thing. He provided a little bit more exercise. They didn't lose the rebounding battle that strongly in this one. Uh, they they like the Heat only lost it thirty eight to thirty one, which I think is a pretty solid game for them. It's a pretty solid opportunity for them. Uh, The way that Denver had dominated on the glass in the first game, you could tell that that was going to be a a definite issue. That was going to be something that the Heat wanted to address. And Kevin Love grabbed 10 of those 31 rebounds in his 22 minutes. That's a big, big deal for, for Miami. And this worked. Like, Kevin Love was a plus 18. I mentioned it earlier, but the two threes that he hit were big. It felt like they were found money. And had 10 rebounds, had one assist. I thought he had more than that, but I guess that was the the wrong box score that I was looking at, but he made some good passes and then had two steals. Uh, Just just making some plays defensively that uh, you weren't getting from Caleb Martin, that's for sure. Caleb Martin played only 21 minutes tonight, was a minus seven. It wouldn't surprise me if his minutes continue to shrink as the Heat clearly need shooters on the floor in order to uh, put Denver on their heels. Uh, but Kevin Love is a shooter. They had to guard him as a shooter. They treated him like one. And it opened up a lot of things for the Heat starting unit that the Nuggets just weren't prepared for. So I'm very curious to see what they ultimately uh do, what what the adjustment is for Denver going forward. But you gotta give Miami a lot of props. They played hard. They played well. I could talk I'll talk about the officiating in the in the third segment, I guess. Uh, but Miami did what they had to do. And they were clearly ready for this moment. They were clearly ready for what they had to. And they, they made the plays. They, they shot like hell. Uh, they did it from every single spot on the floor. They were prepared. They executed well. And the 50-50 balls that went Miami's way, part of that is the officiating kind of reacting to that and saying, yeah, Miami has earned these possessions in a lot of different ways because they're the team that's playing hard. They're the team that's playing well. And is that fair? No, of course not. But it it was true. Like, it it was a thing that they had to have happen. Um, Also, give Spoke credit. Haywood Highsmith tonight played six minutes. I thought that he was going to be the adjustment. And then he was on the floor for the beginning of the second quarter trying to head up the zone that the the Heat were going to play. And Haywood Highsmith was a minus 17 in his six minutes. Didn't play again in the second half. I don't believe, and, and it wasn't an important piece for them. They decided they needed to go with shooting, and SPO did that. He, he absolutely made it work, and the shooters that they had, they they made the right plays. Uh, are the Heat going to shoot that well again? I don't know. Maybe. Like they they probably can. Will they? Who knows? Like if Denver gives them the shots that they got, yeah, they probably will. That's that's probably what's going to happen. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens, but. Um, truth teller, you're here late. I talked about MPJ in the first segment. I said a lot of bad things about him. You can get out of the comments with that and stop spamming. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're gonna we're gonna have a lot to discuss. There, there's going to be a lot here, and, and I plan on discussing it all and and more in the third segment too. So let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to. Uh, We're going to discuss the officiating, which I I know everybody wants to. Uh, We will also discuss the three-point shooting, Michael Porter, I guess, and and then adjustments that we're going to see from Denver going forward. Uh, Let's go to Sandy and Sean. Hi, I'm Sean Drunkstar. This is Sandy Clough. Make sure you catch us from 2 to 4 p.m. every day on Mile High Sports, especially now, Sandy, as the Nuggets have the best chance ever to win an NBA title. It's basically all nuggets all the time at the present time, but we talk all sports from two to four every day. That's right, every team, every day, right here at Mile High Sports. All right, we're back. Uh, make sure to drop a like on the video if you can. Uh, really appreciate this, and I know that. Not all Nuggets fans are super steezed on, on supporting people when it comes to losses, but, but like, we got to do this for losses, we got to do this for wins, like, that, that doesn't really change. So if you can, give a like, and uh, and subscribe if you're, if you're not already subscribed to the MHS YouTube. We are just trying to get to 2K, and that would be very, very helpful. All right, let's talk about the officiating here real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on this because i was I was frustrated up in the press box where I watched this game from, and I thought that denver was getting uh jipped a little bit on on some of the calls there's no doubt in my mind uh, a couple of things that come to mind here the fifty fifty out of bounds calls that kept continuously going miami's way for some reason that sucked uh there were a couple where uh, there were some bad fouls that Miami was gifted, and that's never fun that is never an enjoyable experience if you feel like it's it's only going your way and not the if not the other team's way, um, but here's the thing: Miami shot 20 free throws and Denver shot 22. It's hard to really complain about it too much. Sometimes though, there are just missed calls, and one that really stands out to me was the uh, it was the goaltending or the the non goaltending call that didn't actually uh, like it wasn't called. It was a clear goaltend, I thought, from Bam Adebayo on a Murray floater and that that shot got rejected and then rebounded by Miami and Denver players are looking around like what the hell just happened? Why don't we have two points here? And that's a that's a tough place to be. In addition, one of the plays that Jimmy Butler had where he kicked out a 3 on the baseline, he was standing out of bounds when he made the pass. And look, missed calls happen. Things like that happen. I'm not here to say that the refs are biased or anything like that. It just it just sucks. Like those those are plays that happen that Denver got the benefit of some of those in previous rounds. So I don't want to sit here and, and just be up all on my high horse like Denver got screwed by the refs. That's the only reason why they lost. No, like Denver, Denver lost because they they really struggled uh from a from a defensive standpoint. But I do think that those calls definitely wouldn't have hurt. Like it would have had an opportunity to help Denver win that way. That would be great. That would be a very, very nice thing for for Denver to have happen and go in their favor, or at least like called correctly, uh, but look, sometimes Denver's going to get the benefit of it. They've shot more free throws in this game, and it's not always going to go your way. And maybe Denver gets a game in Miami where they feel like it goes their way instead of the normal kind of uh, home-biased refereeing that, that should go on in the NBA, or at least generally does go on in the NBA. Um, I think that Denver, we'll see if they actually get calls or not, but they're, they're going to have to earn them. They are going to have to earn them. But they didn't play well enough to really earn great calls in this game. And I'm not surprised that karma kind of came around and bit them in the ass because that's just what happens sometimes. Denver, as we mentioned, the 17 of 35 from behind the arc is the biggest issue. One of the facts is that they created 35 threes and they shot 39 in game one, only made 13 of 39 in game one made 17 of 35 in game two and just had better shot variants this time around. And sometimes that's going to happen. Uh, so they've, they're averaging 15 makes from three so far in this series. And Denver is averaging nine and a half. That three var- uh, variants and uh, shot variants in, in general is going to be a big issue for Denver. They're going to have to figure that out going forward. That's something that is going to be frustrating, I've got to imagine, for Denver. And they're, they're just going to have to make it. Uh, Michael Porter didn't defend the three-point line at all tonight. There was one shot that he had that he defended well against Kevin Love, but that was really the only one that I can point to. Uh, Lots of missed contests, lots of missed closeouts, and Denver was allowing a lot of open threes and allowing Miami to get comfortable in general. And the difference between Game 1 and Game 2 is that Miami just made the open shots this time. They didn't really get that many more. They just made them. So, this kind of goes to show that sometimes Denver's going to get the benefit, and sometimes they they just aren't. Miami is a good enough team and a, and a well uh, and a tough enough, mentally tough enough team that they are going to capitalize on those opportunities every now and again. So credit to them for, for being able to do that. And, and Denver, even though they didn't shoot great, they shot thirty nine percent. Still, problem is they only got up eleven of twenty eight from three. And that is a that is a big disparity in my mind. Denver only started really getting up a, a bunch of three-pointers later in the game when they kind of had to. And they made some of those and were able to make it a game themselves. But Denver's got to be better from, from the three-point line on both ends of the floor. So far, they have not done a great job of creating good shots against Miami, and that is going to really bite them. Uh, they're going to have to create better threes. And Michael Porter, in particular, is going to have to make them. 3 of 17 in the series so far, that's got to change. No doubt. What adjustments can we expect from Michael Malone and his staff? Um, you got to tighten things up. There's no doubt about that. I, I think that in general, Denver's got to just – like the, the very first thing that they can do is prevent the separation that Miami is getting on the defensive end. It is not anything crazy that they are doing. Denver lost focus. They lost intensity. They did not bring the requisite um, energy and focus to this matchup tonight. And that is why they lost. It is not the officiating. I just want to make that clear. It is not uh, any one player. It was, a, it was a collective for sure. And it's tough because it's like I'm putting a lot of the blame at Michael Porter's feet because I do not think that he played well. But you could say the same thing about KCP fouling three-point shooters and uh, lots of guys just not making great decisions with, uh, with plenty of time left to go in the game where things could have swung either way. Uh, Michael Malone will have to help the team make better decisions in general. Um, do I think that a major rotation change is coming? No. I think that Denver's rotation is perfectly fine. Um, in the first game, they like the starters played pretty well. There were no major issues with that. The bench wasn't that great. In this game, the starters were pretty poor, and the bench was much better. Do I think that you can point to anybody coming off the bench and be like, "Yeah, the year, year, the answer in the NBA Finals"? No, no, I don't. I don't think that that's the case. So, what's going to happen in all likelihood is Jokic and Murray will will have to step up and be even better. Uh, Murray was fine tonight; probably could have been better in general. Jokic, like, like we talked about, forty-one points and, and definitely deserved a, a better situation than what he got. Uh, so that will have to happen. Part of it just comes with making shots, and and Michael Porter's going to have to make some. I think that Denver is going to have to be better prepared for the Miami Heat starting lineup, where they're definitely not changing that now. Like Kevin Love made a good impression in this game; they won that line, they won that game because Kevin Love and the spacing that he provided, the spacing that Miami received for those minutes, was really, really important. And Denver's going to have to counteract that, whether they. Uh, go a little bit smaller and try to play a little bit more Bruce Brown in place of MPJ, or if they just play better and which I think that the second is far more likely than the first, if I'm being honest, Uh, that's going to have to happen. Um, Other adjustments that they could make. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think about this off the cuff right now. Gabe Vincent, they got to provide a better matchup for him. He was getting to two easy of shots and was a plus 22 led the, led the Miami heat in this one. 23 points on 12 shots, only 32 minutes tonight. And it felt like he probably could have played plenty more. Uh, but 23 minutes, 8 of 12 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 3 assists, 2 steals, 1 turnover. Well, it was just very, very good on that end of the floor. And if he's going to be out there, Denver's got to find a way to hunt him on the defensive end. They've got to find ways to hunt Kevin Love on the defensive end. They're playing a bunch of lineups with a bunch of shooters and the most important thing that Denver can do in those situations is to punish Miami on the other end for playing bad defensive groups. Uh, They've got great individual defenders in Bam and Jimmy, and uh, Caleb Martin's pretty good, and uh, I think Gabe Vincent is pretty good. He's pretty talented on that end for sure. He's just short. Uh, Denver's got to take advantage, though. They've got to come up with opportunities to be able to do that, and they cannot let – Miami get away with playing such small groups, they were playing a lineup at one point that had Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and Duncan Robinson at the four spots around Bam Adebayo. And that really helped them. That was a really, really good call by Spo. And it reminded me a lot of the Warriors where they played a bunch of small lineups where they didn't even have that much size in those lineups and, and were still able to make it work against a team like Denver in the playoffs last year because Denver didn't have enough offense to punish them on that end. Denver in those situations, when Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, if you're going to play that lineup, even if you have Bam on the floor, you've got to score every time down the court. And it means you have to be intentional. It means you have to pick apart the zone. It means you've got to hit your shots. Because if you don't hit your shots, then uh, they can get away with it. They absolutely can. So we're going to have to see what happens there last thing though how can the nuggets win in miami they can win in miami the same way that denver won or the the way the same way that miami won in denver you have to outwork miami i know that that's easier said than done because of miami's style because of how gritty they are that's just who they are but denver has played that style too and they've done it they've done a really good job with it in general they usually outwork the opponents and i think you saw that against minnesota you saw that against Phoenix, and you saw that against L.A. You saw that in all of those in all those situations where Denver won the 50-50 balls, they grabbed offensive rebounds, they limited transition opportunities for the opposition, and that was the way that they were able to get it done. They, they didn't allow open shots. Uh, it's hard when the other team is trying to generate those, and they're really good at generating those like Miami is. But Denver can do it. They, like, there's no doubt in my mind that they can. Starts with Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic, though. Like, those guys have to set the tone. They have to bring out great energy on both ends of the floor. I thought that Murray and Joker both had some bad moments defensively in this one, and they're a part of it. Like, you can't just put it all at Michael Porter's feet. You can't just put it all at KCP's feet. Everybody on the floor was culpable, including guys that played well in Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown. Like, there was one switch that Aaron Gordon had where he just did not hear the communication that Jamal was having. And then got out to the three-point shooter late. That was Max Struess. And Max Struess canned a big three. That happens. And it's going to... like Sometimes you're going to have that happen to you. And you've got to be more mentally tough than the other team in order to survive it. I didn't think that Denver was the more mentally tough team tonight. I thought that they kind of wallowed a little bit in the fact that they were going to lose. And Jamal and A. G. hit a couple shots late that really tried to get them back into it. But... And Joker, obviously, like he's a metronome. You're never going to see him really change how he plays, whether you're up 20 or down 20. Uh, but I do think that he's a good enough player, and, and Murray and Gordon and all these guys are good enough players that they can go win on the road. They've already proven it in every single series that they've played. Um, AB says here, and I, I think this is a good point, they lost twice at home to Boston. <laughs> like, they are human. They They yeah. are... Their home court advantage isn't anything great. Like Denver's was great. The fact that Miami did win in Denver is a big deal, and I think it puts things into a lot of perspective. Uh, but I do think that if Denver can go into Miami and set the tone, whether it's in game three or game four, uh, they have an opportunity to steal one back, and then this is two two. There's two two going into game five, and you've got two of your next three at home. So look, there's part of me that thinks that Denver needed a, a little bit of a wake-up call here. That They had an opportunity to win this game. They certainly did. They had plenty of opportunities to win this game and kind of let those slip through their fingers. The fact that they didn't and the fact that now people are going to be talking about, oh, this is a series now. Miami, they just beat Denver in Denver. That's something that nobody has done yet. Is Denver vulnerable? That's going to be a storyline. Absolutely going to be a storyline. And Denver's got to grapple with that. They've got to dig deep and they've got to figure out what kind of team that they want to be. And if they don't want to provide the requisite energy and intensity, then they're going to lose. It's plain and simple. I think that this team is super competitive. I think that they know how much this matters and that they want this badly. Whether they can actually get it done or not, we will see. I believe in them, though. I have no doubt that they can. It's going to take a village, though, and it's going to take everybody. It can't just be Jokic and Murray going down to Miami and putting the team on their backs. They're going to need help. Michael Porter's got to show up. Aaron Gordon's got to show up. KCP's got to show up. The bench has got to show up. Every single person that steps onto that floor has to be united and playing well. Whether they do or not, I don't know. I can't predict the future, but I do think that there's something to Denver just needing a little bit of a wake up call. Maybe this is exactly what they need. Michael, can you get that outro music for me? Everybody. That is going to do it for this episode of Big Action We're brought to you by our good friends. At Sports, thank you so much for tuning into the show. I appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to do an interesting episode that will also be doubling as a radio spots a radio episode during Anil O'Pierre's show in the afternoon. Show up for that one. Uh, it will probably be recorded in advance, it will not go live. But this will go up probably, like this next one will probably go up at like 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. on Monday. I'll be traveling to Miami on Tuesday. Won't have a show on that day, but you'll still get plenty of content from me. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, we'll talk to you guys very soon.